Hello everyone, this is Caleb Hires. Thank you so much for tuning into my podcast today. I want to continue our series on Dependenceville with talking about the government structure of Dependenceville. Now don't freak out. I'm not going to talk about politics and presidents and policy and blah blah blah. I'm going to talk about the kingdom and his Christ. I'm going to talk about what the kingdom looks like, what it looks like to have leaders and rulers who are dependent upon Father God. So here we go. Matthew 20 verse 26 says, The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others, because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. That's out of the Passion Translation. And I love how it says, The greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. Bill Johnson has a great quote. He says, We rule with the heart of the servant and serve with the heart of a king. And I love that. That picture is amazing because we are a royal priesthood. We are a king that he's a king of, right? We are the kings that he's the king of, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And we've been given authority in the earth. You know, he said, all authority has been given to me, therefore you go. And so in that authority, we have leaders, we have structures, we have pastors, we have apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors. The whole fivefold ministry is in operation today. And I can say that with confidence because it says in Ephesians 4 that we need all five of those things until the fullness of the stature of Christ is shown in the body of Christ. So until the fullness of his stature is displayed in us, we need all five. And until the unity of the faith, we need all five. So if you could argue that we haven't, we have reached the unity of the faith, if you could argue that we have obtained the fullness of the stature of Christ in the body, then yeah, we don't need apostles and prophets and so on. But uh, I think that we still do. I think that goes without saying. But in this verse, Jesus is giving us the way, the way to be a great leader, the way to govern, the way to be a ruler. And so if you're listening to this, I just want you to uh, say over yourself, I'm a leader. Go ahead and say that out loud. I am a leader. It's the truth. You lead someone. You might be leading someone. You don't even know it. Everyone is leading someone. Someone is looking at you. You are on a platform right now. That might be scary, but it's the truth. Your children are watching you. Your coworkers or your friends. Somebody is being led by you right now. Even maybe someone who doesn't know you personally because of the age of social media. You are leading people right now. And so it would be a good idea to figure out the best way to do that. And the government of Dependenceville is based on that verse in Matthew 20 verse 26. That the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. And in the ESV it says... Jesus said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles, that means the world, that means people that aren't of God, the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. He is saying this in response to the sons of Zebedee who are like, hey, oh, my, they got their mama in the mix and said, hey, let's, let's ask Jesus if we can sit on the right hand and on the left hand. Uh, in his kingdom, you know, let us let us have get our position set before it happens, right? And he didn't rebuke them for asking for that place of leadership. He didn't say, "You guys, you're stop, stop asking me these questions." All he did was change their thought process for how they should have a position. Not should I have a position, but in what way should I take my position? What is the nature? of my position, not should I have a position. And right there we have something that really dismantles some an idea, an idea that runs rampant in the church. It's called false humility. People say all the time, you know, when God uses them, oh, it wasn't me. Oh, I have a problem with that because you prayed for God to use you and then he used you and now you're not taking credit for it. You're to co-labor with God. 
How can you ask God to use you and then say, it wasn't me? Yes, it was. It was Christ in you. Of course, it wasn't you by yourself. It was Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? So asking for a position is not wrong. And even in 1 Timothy 3, 1, it says, anyone who desires to be a leader desires a noble thing. It's a noble thing to lead in the body of Christ. But he was Jesus wasn't rebuking them for saying, do you want a place of authority? He was explaining to them a new way of thinking so that they could lead well in the kingdom. And Jesus gave us the path to leadership in the kingdom and the path to governance and dependenceville with his very life. And that that life is the backdrop for this statement, you know. You have to take everything in the context of the whole. He doesn't just say something and not back it up with his life. And so let's look at what he said first, and then I'm going to back it up to some actions he made that prove it to be true in his own person. The Greek word there is kind of long and hard to say. It's katakaruyo. I don't know if I'm saying that right. When it says have authority over them, and it literally means to control. It literally means to exercise dominion over, to overpower or be lowered over. Dominate others is one definition. So when he says, you know, the world leads this way, they lead by exercising control. They are, the rulers of this world control people. They overpower people. They dominate people. And it should not be that way with you. Come on. That's a vastly different strength of leadership than we see in our rulers today. Often we see our rulers as justified when they attempt to control a group of people and produce, you know, an outcome that would be favorable. Something like, you know, the end justifies the means is where our thinking goes. This is a big deal because often our systems and our religious circles are very controlling. I don't know if you've ever been in a church where it was very controlling, where you need to do what I say or else. You're punished if you don't do what I say. I don't remember Jesus ever saying that to anyone. He said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Not, obey my commands or I won't love you. And that's exactly what our rulers tend to do today in the world and unfortunately in the church. I will give something to you if you do something for me. But that is not the way he showed us. And why? Why is this control so inappropriate? Because it's rooted in fear. What we fear, we attempt to control. And the root of our desire to control others is the blatant lie that we actually can. I'm afraid of what you're going to do if I don't control you. That's the root of it. What if you act in a way that I don't like? What if you do something that I don't think is appropriate? What if you do something that I can't clean up? What if you make me look bad? I'm going to take a position in that way of thinking of trying to control you so you don't do those things. But the reality is you cannot actually control other people. You've tried that and you have failed every time. The kingdom of God is full of free people walking in freedom. This is about leading free people. We cannot hope to control free people. Come on. That's, that's the biggest oxymoron in the world. Uh, we, need, we need to get control over these free people. That doesn't make any sense. But when you try to control someone, it's because you're actually afraid they might do something you don't want them to do. So you're manipulating the situation to try to produce a more desirable outcome for you. That's the handiwork of the devil because it's built on a lie. You've been given the spirit of self-control, not other control. My dad, when I was growing up, every week almost, he would say, the only person you can control is yourself. The only person you can control is yourself. I'm saying one more time. The only person you can control is yourself. Everything else is manipulation and it's wrong. 
it's wrong. And the kings and queens of Dependentsville don't attempt to control those they lead, but instead they do their best to serve in humility. But the beautiful thing about it is they have the position and the resource to serve well. They can do it as kings and queens. They're magnificent servants because they have access to everything. They have the wealth of the nations as their inheritance. They can meet any need they come across because they have position and provision. They rule with the heart of a servant and serve with the heart of a king. And that is the reality of every believer because of our status as royalty through our union in Christ Jesus. You have everything you need to serve those around you today. You have everything you need to serve your family. You do not need more patience. You have access to unending patience. You don't need to make somebody else act a certain way because you have something, you have whatever is needed to compensate for their bad actions. You have everything that is needed to love them through it. You have everything that is needed to walk through that with humility and to give from the treasures of heaven, not just from yourself. You're not operating on your own. You're not a loner. He's the vine. You're the branch. You're grafted into him. You're drawing from the sustenance and the source of Jesus Christ himself. So if Jesus can handle it, then so can you because you're one with him. You're connected to him. That's amazing. Any situation you come across today, understand you're a leader and you have the, the ability to lead well with humility, just like Jesus. And so when he said, you know, the world and the Gentiles, they exercise dominion, they attempt to control people. It should not be that way with you. He proved it in the Gospel of John when he washes the feet of his disciples. Before he gets down to do it, it says that he realized that the Father had given him all things. All things were in his authority. All things were under his authority, is what it says. And so he ties a robe around his waist, gets down and washes their feet. Now you need to get this. You need to think about this. He said to the disciples, the world exercises authority in one way. And then when he, in the Gospel of John, realizes he has complete authority over everything, the Father had given him all things, he decides to serve. He's showing us the way to greatness in the kingdom. Anyone who become great among you must become the greatest servant. I just want to be a great foot washer. I just want to be the best foot washer I know. And I hope that that's being birthed in your heart today as well. I'm so grateful for those examples by Jesus in the Bible, aren't you? I'm so grateful that we have someone we can follow. Amen. And even Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So I want to tell you a story, a testimony of one of the queens of Dependenceville that I know personally. Her name is Winnie Banoff, and I went on a missions trip with her, and I actually saw a raw display of kingdom royalty in action, this Dependenceville royalty. We were actually, we were actually feeding hungry gypsies in Kazanlak, Bulgaria, and we were handing out watermelon. They love watermelon. I was chopping up some of the slices for the kids, and Winnie came up to me and asked, you want to sing for some huffers? And I had no idea what a huffer was, but I was with Winnie Banoff in Bulgaria for crying out loud, so I followed her without asking, what do you do? What else do you do? I grabbed a guitar, and I went into the fray of little children and elderly people. They were scurrying about with their watermelon in hand, you know, and Winnie pulled me right up to this hooded man who was standing all alone. He had a brown bag to his mouth and some silver paint on his fingernails. And now I, I started to get it, you know, what a huffer was. When he started clapping her hands and smiling boisterously, welcoming the outsider to the party, I started to play my guitar and very quickly, this middle-aged man went from closed off and slightly curious to fully engaged and delighted. 
we were singing in English and I was shouting out a spontaneous song about how God was going to be his every breath. And he didn't understand me, but I was singing in and out, in and out. And the, despite the fact he didn't speak English, his spirit got it. And he started to dance and to smile. He was laughing, laughing joyfully and having a great time. You know, the truth is love does not need a translator. Love needs no translator. Come on, put that on your sticky note. Love needs no translator. So this is right about the time when a very elderly man came with a cane and hobbled up to the side of us and he actually fell down. He crashed down on the ground at my feet. I was startled and concerned. He was, he was actually covered in paint from top to bottom and there was a dried patch of blood on his head from some type of recent injury. He was blind and desperate. He either collapsed from exhaustion or the weight of his circumstance. I didn't know. We didn't know. Winnie immediately got down in the dirt with him and started hugging him, smiling and holding him like a mother. She started joyfully directing our team to get bread, soup, water, and of course watermelon for our new friend. I did the only thing I could do. I sat down in the dirt and I sang him a song. I was up close and personal with a man who had been rejected by the outcasts. The reject of the rejects. You need to understand the gypsies are hated in the European countries. They're a problem for the governments there. And here is a sect of their own community that the gypsies considered outsiders, the huffers, you know. There before me on the ground was a man who was rejected even by this group. That was astounding. It was, it was blowing my mind. I couldn't even wrap my mind around it. But we slowly put the pieces together that he'd been attacked or at least ridiculed by his fellow huffers and sprayed with his own stash of uh, spray paint. But this one little lady, a queen of Dependenceville, knew that she had all the resources of heaven behind her. And that knowledge drove her into the dirt to hold and love this rejected one. We prayed and sang over him as tears of gratitude streamed down his dirty face. This man was served from the table of the King of Kings by a ruling member of Dependenceville. His body, soul, and spirit were all fed with a simple act of acceptance and love. There is a deeper reality beyond our natural resources that equips us to love the least of these guys. That reality is only realized, though, when we're acutely aware of our dependence upon God. And every person who is in the royal class of Dependenceville, and that's you listening to me, is continually realizing the depth of their need for God and His love. It's not like you wake up one day and thank Him for the love He has lavished in your hearts and that's it. You're continually realizing this and you're continually giving thanks. You understand that not, your thanking Him doesn't qualify you for your position, but it equips you for the job. It equips you for the position he gave you. So this is, this is the government of Dependenceville. And it's not like anything else on earth. It's unlike any other ruling class on earth. It's where the greatest servants get the crown. And it's not, they understand it's not for the crown, but it's because of the crown they've been given that they serve. Just like Jesus washing the feet of his disciples, his friends, and yes, even his betrayer, Judas washing the feet of Judas. So not only are we to serve the body of believers as rulers of Dependenceville, we are to serve the world, our enemies, those who betray us, those who do us wrong. And so I hope this encourages you today. I hope that you are beginning to see what this place looks like, what the, the nature of this place of always giving thanks, of always understanding and realizing your dependence upon God is. I hope this podcast is blessing you. Please go to calebhires.com for more information. Uh, you can order the book there. You can check out my new YouTube channel. Uh, just search for Caleb Hires on YouTube or just go to the website and click videos. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. Happy 
holidays. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving and Merry Christmas to all of you. Uh, tune in next time for Dependenceville episode 5.